0: There they go, Jeff and Jordan. It's only an hour, and here we go. Midday with Trey and BK, which also lasts just an hour. Uh, Coming up in about five minutes, Trey, you had the opportunity to speak with Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormark earlier today. And we are going to air that to the people at eleven, at twelve fifteen, eleven fifteen Mountain Time, if you give a shit about that, at twelve fifteen, Trey's conversation with Brett Yormark will air for the very first time on any platform, and you're gonna get to hear it right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. Trey, any little tease you've got before we uh, fire that thing off in a few minutes?
1: We spent five plus minutes on his preseason comments in Lubbock. And just what things were like for him at the game on Friday. And I also asked him if one of the undefeated teams loses and Texas beats Oklahoma state on Saturday, do they deserve to get into the playoff and how hard is he willing to work the phones to help make that happen too? Whoa. A little bit of off air business on the air. I wasn't able to upload this video because it was too big. So I'm going to try the video file share feature for the first time through Streamyard today i hope it works
0: okay if not you could just do share screen and just have that window open in another window on your computer and okay. that should be okay that one i know Yo, will to
1: take over the entire the entirety of our screen though because otherwise we're gonna have a little bit of weird overlap yeah, okay
0: yeah we'll figure it out we'll make sure it works um, oh, I didn't even think about that. yet. Yeah, it probably is a big file because it was what 15
1: 20 minutes worth of conversation? Mm, let's see, it was twenty wow, oh, did we go 24 minutes? Oh, yeah, because he jumped on a few minutes early. Yeah, 24 minutes. That's 23 minutes longer than I usually
0: last. So good job there, my friend. Are you Come a on. minute man? Uh, if I'm lucky or if she's lucky, perhaps. Jeez. Yeah. What? That's all I need. Why do I need to mess around any more than that? I get in, I get out, and we're going about our business.
1: As long as you get your fortune cookie, who cares if she gets hers? Those are the rules,
0: right? Happy husband, happy life. You know what
1: they say. That's what that means. All right. That well, doesn't work, unfortunately. I know from experience. I know from experience, dude. <laughs> At Veronica Vaughn. We uh, will also give
0: our picks. We're doing eight picks against the spread this weekend. Uh, no, that is not because I am down by seven in our season-long pick contest. That is just because we've got some really, really good games to pick this weekend, including all five Power Five Conference championships and three massive games in the NFL. So we'll probably do that in where we at in society at the end of the hour. Uh, Obviously got to talk about the big 12 awards though. And Trey, maybe we'll talk about just one before we play the your Mark conversation. The one that has Texas fans most up in arms. Mike Gundy was named big 12 conference coach of the year. The big 12 football awards were announced yesterday. And look, Texas did pretty well. We could talk about some of the longhorns who were honored with these awards, but one guy who was not honored was Steve Sarkeesian, Coach of the Year instead goes to the guy Sark will be coaching against on Saturday. Your thoughts on Gundy taking home that award?
1: Even though they lost to South Alabama and got creamed by UCF at a moment in time where they were very much in the driver's seat and making it to the Big 12 championship game, I actually do understand Gundy getting this award because everybody thought Oklahoma State was going to fucking suck this year. But... I am completely on the side of those who felt like that award should have gone to Steve Sarkeesian. I get that the media voted them to be the best team in the conference this year, but how many years have we watched a a Texas team in the preseason be hyped up and fall well below expectations? They met those expectations this year, including uh, beating Alabama and Tuscaloosa. I know, broken record time. Beating Alabama and Tuscaloosa in a way that hasn't happened in the Nick Saban era. Like that matters now Alabama is a part of the college football playoff conversation too so it's not like this turned into a you know one of those years for the opposition like Texas Notre Dame from the Charlie Strong era where we felt so good about that Notre Dame win in the moment it's like oh Notre Dame is a 4 and 8 football team this year so that win didn't actually matter that much Alabama is still really good and regardless to accomplish something that hadn't been done to a Nick Saban team in Tuscaloosa matters as well but you know what just File that away in the embrace the hate mantra that this team has been operating with all year long. In terms of like got people being slighted on the Texas side of things, I'm much less annoyed with the Steve Sarkeesian bit than I am Jade Barron not being a first team All Big 12 performer. That is freaking absurd to me, dude. There may have been a couple of guys who are on Jade Barron's level, but that guy, without question, deserved to be a first teamer. That's just people not watching the games. True. It's
0: as simple as that, because A. Barron doesn't have the stats as some of the other defensive backs in this conference. But you watch that guy play, you could tell he's one of the best four or five DBs in the Big 12. And I think five defensive backs made the first team all-conference list this year. The fact that A. Barron isn't one of them is a joke. Uh, that bothered me. Burt Auburn should have been special teams player of the year. I mean, 19 consecutive field goals made. That's a conference record. That's a school record. I mean, how how do you give it to the punter at Texas tech who just had a punt blocked by Texas on Friday in a game where Burt Auburn went five for five with a 54 yarder. That one's annoying as well. But I think you hit the nail on the head with the Steve Sarkeesian conversation. Like if I had a vote, I would have given it to Sark. If I had a second place vote, I would have given it to Lance Leipold. And if I had a third place vote, I might've given it to Neil Brown at West Virginia. Cause this team was picked to finish dead last. Oklahoma state was picked to finish seventh. So for them to finish second and to play in this championship game, it's a great coaching job by Gundy. But Neil Brown's team was picked to finish last. And they were eight and four this year. So I think the world of Gundy, I think he's the most accomplished coach in this conference. He might be the best coach in this conference. Mm. But I, I think there were three better coaching jobs than the one he did this year. And that's not to say Gundy didn't do a tremendous job. I just I feel like there were more worthy candidates in twenty
1: twenty three. I didn't realize West Virginia finished the year eight and four. And as Jake points out they were a bullshit Hail Mary away that, uh, that that cost them that Houston game from being a 9-3 football team. That is crazy to think about because everybody was burying them heading into the season. I mean, Neil Brown mm-hmm. seemed indifferent about it all. I mean, he was cracking jokes at Big 12 media days. But in that moment, he also did say there is not a chance in hell that we are the worst team in this conference. And he saved his job by going 8-4 and four this year. Everybody in Morgantown was ready to fire the guy, but he proved... Uh, why he was looked at as such a great candidate coming out of Troy several years ago this season. And we'll see if he can continue that momentum next year. Definitely.
0: All right, we'll continue the Big 12 award conversation in a few moments, but we're going to try. I'm going to try a couple of things and one of them is going to work, but we'll try the first thing here. Trey had the opportunity to interview Big 12 Conference Commissioner Brett Yormark earlier today. So for the time, how you oh, doing today?
1: Oh, doing Hold on. Well, that's a good sign. Uh, it's not okay. Hold on.
0: Okay,
2: hold
0: we on. know we know we have a way to play it. Although it's terrifying looking at two of you, it's already bad enough that I have to look at one of you every day. And night, sing, yeah, sing night two night of app. that mug on the screen is a nightmare. Something that I do entire screen. Something I wouldn't wish upon my worst enemy. Window. Brave. God, he's
1: a lot uglier in video form. that's uh, not gonna work either. Gosh darn it all right we're we're just gonna do the um we're just gonna do the video file I, I, I hate that 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 this is how this is happening. I wish I had thought better about this, but we're gonna play it once as is maybe you and I can back out of the studio so it gives the entire screen yeah to uh to this video. We'll remove ourselves that works yeah but we'll uh, we'll go ahead and play it and it's going to start as soon as i click it here which i just found out so <laughs> we ready sure you set it up fire when you're ready all right big 12 commissioner brett yormark nice enough to join me a couple of days before the big 12 championship game yes i asked him about lubbock and we got into some other really interesting stuff as well so hope you enjoy thank you so much for the time how you doing today
3: Doing great. Uh, Glad to be with you, Trey.
1: Yeah, it's always a pleasure. And man, it's just, I feel like this is every season, every college football season, but it feels like this year has flown by. How has this college football season been for you, considering that you're not only traveling around the Big 12, attending games in person. You were at the game here in Austin last Friday. There's a lot else going on uh, across the uh, college sports landscape as
3: well. 100%. I mean, it's been a great season. as you and I've discussed before, you know I try to get to every campus uh, at least once. Uh, certainly see all the teams at least once, if not more. Um, so I've been spending my weekends on campuses, but also addressing some of the other issues. Um, you know that you know collectively the industry is facing. And but it's been busy. It's been great. Excited about Champ Weekend. Got a lot in store. Uh, two great teams. So I, I think it's going to uh, end in a, a real positive note. Uh, for the conference, and um, just excited to be here and a part of it. Yeah, big announcement on the Big 12
1: championship game a couple of weeks ago. The player of the game actually gets to wear the uh, WWE belt. Have you held the belt? Have you tried the belt on yourself? Is the belt in the office right now? What's going on there?
3: Oh, I'm going to see that belt for the first time tomorrow. We're excited. You know it. it I've said this, I think, to you before. We we look at the calendar every year. We we identify 10-pole events. Obviously, our championship football game is a is a big milestone marker and a huge 10 event for us. And to the extent we can, you know, promotionally elevate and amplify everything we're doing, bring greater attention to our schools, our student athletes, you know, I, I feel it's incumbent upon uh, me as the commissioner and our conference office to do that. So the partnership with uh, WWE we're 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 extremely excited about you know they reach over 150 million fans on social media uh, and and they're promoting tune in um obviously we'll have you know some of the WWE superstars with us in fact today I'll be doing a community event with them uh, in advance of Champ weekend and you know again they'll be with us uh, on Saturday so excited about that and you know, we're introducing uh, the first ever halftime show uh, live on ABC with Nelly. Um, what I love about it is Nelly's integrating himself with the school bands, um, and and I I think that's a that's a big move for us. I know a lot of other conferences are going to watch because you know they want to turn these m- major moments uh, into huge experiences for the fans. And there's been a lot of conversation about how do you address halftime. I think one of the concerns about it was. What do you do with the bands? They've been such a big part of it, and Nelly wanted to embrace that uh, and 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 do some things alongside the band. So should be great for the students, great for the audience, and you know that is is here in Arlington, and then ultimately those at home. So we're excited for all the all the things that are going on for the game this weekend, and then obviously having two great teams uh, to play it out um, should be a big moment for us. We we announced a sellout earlier this week um which was great and uh so we'll we'll have a packed house a lot of passion in the building and uh, i'm just excited to be a part of it
1: so i didn't want to get too deep into this interview brett without addressing the elephant in the room for longhorn fans because uh back in the preseason you were visiting, uh, I think, pretty much every campus uh, across your conference. And in speaking with fans at uh, at Texas Tech in Lubbock, uh, you made mention of some things that really uh, pissed off Texas fans, to be blunt about it. And uh, to provide some context, when I heard what was said and how it was released and going back and listening over again, I, as a Texas fan, didn't have that big of an issue with it because... I saw that in, in a sense that you were playing to uh, playing to the tech crowd, but you were also showing loyalty to a school uh, that is still going to be uh, under under your conference rule, I guess is a, the best way to put it, after this season is over with and Texas and Oklahoma move on to the SEC. But a lot, a lot of Longhorn fans didn't feel that way. And as a matter of fact— uh, a lot of people have held on to that comment uh, all the way up to this point. I heard about it last week because you were obviously planning on being in town for the game itself. And uh, even now, like after the game, uh, players admitted that your comments were running on a loop uh, in the, uh, the the weight room uh, in the week leading up to the game as well. Um what was your experience like here in Austin on the field of DKR and then also in the stadium watching the game itself? Could you sense a sort of animosity from the Longhorn fan base as you were walking around and maneuvering your way through the, uh, the Texas campus?
3: Well, Trey, I'm glad you brought it up. First of all, you're absolutely right. You know, I, I visit campuses often and, you know, in the fall, I was at a donor event at Texas Tech, about 1300 donors and was playing to the crowd and really having fun. I mean, as you get to know me as a as a person, as the fans get to know me, which many have, as I've been on campuses and been attending games, I'm a fun-hearted guy. You know, I I I, I was speaking to the crowd, obviously, and uh, I, you know, listen, I I love being on campus. Last weekend, had a great experience. Uh, I was on campus uh, on multiple occasions last year in Austin. I saw a basketball game there. Um, in fact, I was there. It, it was my third visit. Uh, to campus, um, and uh, every time I'm in Austin, I enjoy it. I was with my son. You know the fans were great, um, and candidly, listen, I, I love the the passion um, that the Texas fans have. Um, one of the reasons I love the job I'm in is because uh, I love the passion I see week to week going to campuses. Um, on 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 weekends, uh, our fans wear that passion, and during the week, they live it. And uh, I think it's fantastic. And I, I've, I've seen that dynamic um, since I've been on the job now for 15 months. And in fact, I think the passion I experience here is, is more than where I've worked before, whether it be in professional sports or not. So I love the passion. I love that the fans care. Um, I'm a big fan of, of all of our schools. Um, I, I, I have a good relationship, a great relationship uh, with the coach with the AD with the president um and um I'm looking forward to embracing the fans uh this weekend and and looking forward to a great game
1: a lot of texas fans felt like you coming out and admitting that you were rooting for texas tech over texas in that final game of the season was unprofessional coming from a conference commissioner do you agree with that sentiment at all
3: all, all i could say is I, I was having fun i was speaking to the crowd um uh, you know, I I treat everyone fairly. I, I love all of our members, um, and you know, I'm I'm happy for Texas. You know, they're they're they've had a great season, a fantastic season. Um, they're going to the SEC. It's something they wanted to do, and and I'm excited for them. But I'm, at the same time, I'm excited for the future of the Big Twelve. I you know, as I said when I first took this job, you know, I I saw. All of this unfolding as a win win for, for, for everyone. Um, I, I, I look at life ha- half full, not half empty. Um, I always look at the positives uh, in everything. And uh, I've, I've been happy, you know, for the Texas fans, the Oklahoma fans, um, wanted them to have a great season this year and route to their next chapter. And um, the conference is obviously on a, on a good path forward. So, I think everyone wins in this situation. And uh, like I said, I'm, I'm happy to be a part of this uh, weekend, happy to see the fans, those from Texas, Oklahoma State, and it should be a great, great day.
1: Did you know in the moment that those comments had a chance to go viral? Like, did you realize that there was a video camera on you and there was a chance that uh, the Big 12 and, and what you were saying in that moment would become the talk of college football leading into week zero of this current season?
3: listen, I, I, you know, when I get into those moments and I'm having fun and, you know, in front of the crowd, I I don't, I don't really focus on whether there's cameras or iPhones. Um, uh, Again, there's nothing more I can say. Um, uh, I love all our members. I'm a fan of uh, all of our members. And um, I was having fun speaking to the crowd that I was in front of. And um, again, you know, enjoyed my time on campus last last Friday and looking forward to seeing the fans this weekend.
1: All right. Last question on this, I promise, and then we'll move on because there are some other uh, important things to talk about. Knowing what you do now and seeing how the Longhorn fan base reacted uh, to what was said to a crowd of Texas Tech fans, would you do anything differently in that moment uh, if you were able to go back and and do something differently?
3: Trey, I, I never go backwards. You know, buddy, I, I it's just my life. I, I You know, I, I never go backwards. I'm just looking forward to the game this weekend, embracing the passion that the Texas fans are going to have, the Oklahoma State fans are going to have, thrilled to be the commissioner of the Big 12, thrilled to be in this moment. Uh, all eyes are going to be on the Big 12 for all the right reasons uh, at 11 o'clock Central, live on ABC, and that's what I'm focused on.
1: All right, appreciate that. Now, as far as the game itself on Saturday, Brett, this is a crazy year in college football because it feels like we need that expanded college football playoff this season. There are a lot of teams that have a good argument to be in the playoff this year, but there's only four slots. Uh, So I guess my question for you based on that is assuming that at least one of the undefeated teams loses this weekend in their conference championship game and Texas does beat Oklahoma State, do you think Texas is uh, deserving of one of those college football playoff spots as uh, one of a handful of teams that have a single loss on the season?
3: Well, first of all, Troy, I'll tell you, there is a lot of parity in college football. You're absolutely right. And I'm excited about the expanded uh, playoffs. Um, and um, obviously, uh, amongst you know the other commissioners, FBS commissioners, we're working hard to bring that to fruition and looking forward to it. Um, as it relates to Texas, listen, they've had a hell of a season. Um great season. Uh, one of the best wins of the season, going to Alabama earlier this year. Um, you know, they certainly have um, played really, really well uh, within our conference and, and for the conference schedule. And if they win this weekend, I think they're very deserving. Um, and you know we certainly advocate strongly for them to be part of the CFP. They're one of the premier programs in the country, and they've shown that all season long. And um, and I'm sure they're going to be very competitive this weekend and uh, we'll see what happens. Um, But if they win this weekend, we will strongly advocate for them to be in the CFP. Are you personally actually making calls to
1: uh, to people on the college football playoff committee saying, hey, look, Texas, they're one losses to Oklahoma. It's a rivalry game. Oklahoma was 12th ranked at the time. They also went into Tuscaloosa and did something to Alabama that hasn't happened in the Nick Saban era. I mean, are you able to actually uh, to pick hey, up? The listen, and,
3: as you know me, I'm always selling. Okay, <laughs> so you know, if they'll listen, I'm going to sell it. And um, you know, I, I think they've had a great year. Uh, like you said, one of the biggest and, and, and biggest wins of the year on the road in you know at Alabama, and um, you know if 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 I can help, I will certainly.
1: Okay. Have you, uh, have you spoken to Steve Sarkeesian or uh, Chris Del Conte at all this season? And if so, what was that conversation? All the time.
3: All the time. Um, you know, I, I saw a coach right before the game. Um, we text. Um, he's become a good friend, obviously a great coach, um, wonderful person. And uh, so I, I I think I have a, a strong relationship with, with coach and which will last beyond this season. And and Chris Kind and I speak very often. You know, he's someone I seek guidance from, and uh, he's terrific. Obviously, you know, one of the premier ads in the country. So, um, good relationship with both of them, as well as the president Jay, and and you know, we all get along really well. And you know, obviously, I'll I'll be seeing him this weekend.
1: Yeah, and look, if nothing else, you are having conversations with CDC and Jay and uh, plenty of other ADs and presidents as it relates to trying to figure out something federally with NIL. And uh, this idea of paying college athletes for name, image, and likeness, which is turning into something a little bit more, I think, in college football right now. Uh, Is there an obvious solution right now, Brett, that uh, maybe includes something along the lines of revenue sharing? That's a topic that seems to have really come up over the last couple of weeks now with the uh, lawsuit uh, that the NCAA and a number of member institutions are facing. Uh, What do you see as the best potential solution right now with all of that?
3: Yeah, Trey, I'll keep it pretty simple on this subject, but I'll just say that I was on Capitol Hill uh, on Monday uh, with some of my fellow commissioners. We, we had great meetings. Uh, I think there's momentum on the Hill for some federal legislation, bipartisan. Um, it, what, what I found, and this was the second time I went to Capitol Hill, um, a lot of people have passion for what we do, um, regardless of who you speak to. And uh, I'm, I'm very optimistic. Uh, we need federal legislation, uh, especially as it relates to um, a uniform standard around NIL. I think that's critically important. You know, I, as you are well aware of, uh, states interpret it very differently, and um, you know th- that has to be you know at the at the center of of you know what we seek um, from a federal level. Um, but um, I think there's momentum, and um, uh, I'm excited to be you know part of that process and um, and representing the Big Twelve in those conversations.
1: Do you think it's important that the collectives that are really spearheaded a lot of what is getting to uh, college athletes right now, that it's important that they end up under the umbrella of the athletics department before it's all said and done?
3: Trey, I, I'd, always say, I, I, I'd only say that there's a lot that we need to consider. Okay. Um, and I think everything's under consideration on how do we modernize and contemporize um, college athletics. Uh, I don't want to speak to what that means today or tomorrow, but I think, you know, we're having meaningful discussions on the best path forward and we'll continue to do that. And um, I think everyone needs to just trust the process, but we'll get there. And um, again, I'm excited about, you know, what I heard and, uh, on the Hill. And uh, there's a lot of people that love college athletics, uh, want to see it viable today, tomorrow and into the future. Uh, that being said, you know protecting student athlete rights is critically important, and uh, I'm I'm very optimistic we're going to find a solution that works for everyone.
1: Considering just how much money is being made in college football annually, I think it's north of 1.4 billion now. Does it seem like an obvious step to uh, include revenue sharing as part of that future NIL model, at least uh, for the sake of college football?
3: Trey, like I said, uh, I don't want to get into too many specifics, okay. um, but, you know, I, I think the consensus is um, we're going to move to a different model. You know, and as I said, on the Hill, um, we all can do better uh, as a collective group. And um, I, I think, you know, when we think about better, it thinks about how can we enhance benefits for student-athletes. And collectively, we've got to determine what does more mean? What more can we be doing? Mm-hmm. And, um, and you know, there's a lot of people brighter than me that are thinking through that. And um, I do have a seat at the table. And it's a priority for all of us. And um, I'm optimistic we'll get to the right place. College football is such
1: a different beast from every other college sport. And look, uh, you know, college basketball certainly has its place. College baseball and softball do too. But, Ah, uh, college football is on such a different level. Might it make sense at some point to separate college football from the rest of college athletics, considering how much money is on the line?
3: I, I haven't really focused on that, uh, okay. Trey. Um, it's it, that that's not something I've been focused on, to be candid with you. Sure.
1: And uh, yeah, it's uh, it'll be fascinating to see how all of this uh, plays out before it
3: is all said and done. So, yeah, listen, we're 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 in a very transformative moment, obviously. But I'd also say, trade's an exciting time for college sports. Uh, there's lots of opportunity. Um, there's incredible fans across the country. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic we're going to come up with a solution that uh, protects student athletes, that makes uh, college sports viable today, tomorrow, and into the future. And I'm just excited to be a part of the process.
1: No no doubt about that, but it's also imperative to figure something out sooner rather than later, just because like Matt Rule, the head coach at Nebraska, said within the uh, last couple of days, I mean, he was very forthright in admitting that if you want to get a good quarterback on the transfer portal right now, you have to be willing to spend north of a million dollars per season in doing so, which obviously goes against what was initially thought of, of name, image, and likeness. But I think anybody with a foresight, and I'm sure you would agree with me on this, saw that uh, inevitably it would turn into a bit of a bidding war in situations like that as well. So it's like, uh, you know, you have guys openly talking about that now. So hopefully uh, those most responsible for figuring something out can, can get it all to come together. You create create those guardrails. Uh, that have been talked about for a couple of years now and uh, make sure that, uh, that everybody's on the same page with how they're going about that business
3: too. Yeah, I, I, I agree. You know, it's, we do need a consensus on what that path forward looks like. Um, uh, you know, because everyone's so passionate about it, you've got varying opinions, but we'll get there for sure. Um, and one of the things we did express uh, on the Hill earlier this week is the sense of urgency to your point. Um, and, and why this is such a priority for all of us. So, um, uh, again, I, I'm optimistic we'll get there, and uh, we just got to keep keep working towards it.
1: Cool. All right, last question, Brett. What, what's been your favorite moment of this college football season?
3: That's a great question. You know, we've had such parity in our conference this year, yeah. um, and there's been some incredible down-to-the-wire moments. Um uh, especially over the last couple of weeks, um, I don't think there was one particular moment. You know, I I become a big college football fan. You know, I, I growing up in the Northeast, I didn't experience it much. And when I was in Indiana, candidly, we we weren't very good at that point in time in in, in football. So I become a big fan. I enjoy being on campus. You know, each campus is different. Uh, each environment's different. So, uh, you know, I just enjoyed the entire season. I really did. And to your point earlier, it's gone very fast. Uh, I can't believe it's 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 almost over. Um, but looking forward to bowl season, obviously, but most importantly uh, to Saturday uh, and, and our championship game. You
1: know, I just realized this, that you were at Indiana during a pretty good time for that basketball program. Bob Knight. Uh, obviously passed away about a month or so ago. Did you have any uh, experience or interactions with Bob Knight, either as a student or after the
3: fact? So, uh, great question. Um, I graduated Indiana in 1988. In 87, we won the national championship when Keith Smart hit that shot in the corner. Uh, I'll always remember that. Uh, I also took a class when I was at Indiana with Coach Knight. Hmm. May he rest in peace. And and, uh, got to know him. And, um, and then when I became the CEO of the Nets, our coach at the time, Lawrence Frank, who happened to be a fraternity brother and went to Indiana also, was a manager for the Indiana Hoosiers while he was on campus. And for the first couple of years, when I was the CEO and Lawrence was the coach, he would invite Coach Knight out uh, at the start of the season. Um, so... After, you know, a couple of years being off campus, I got to rekindle, if you will, uh, my relationship with Coach Knight, seeing him at, you know, some of our practices, and uh, always enjoyed those moments.
1: Bob Knight is a college instructor. Was he breaking out the rule and trying to give people swats in the the classroom?
3: Hey, listen, let me just tell you this, Trey. He, it was an 8 o'clock class, and uh, as if it was yesterday, I remember him telling me, and the class on the first day of class if you miss this class once, you go from an A to a C. If you miss it twice, don't show up because you have failed this class. Oh, man. So on the first day of the class that afternoon, I went to the local drugstore and I picked up a battery operated clock, alarm clock, and a plug in. Cause I was so concerned that if God forbid the electricity went out that I had a backup. So I made sure I was on, you know, in that class on time uh, because it was an 8am class and, and I love the experience. You know, it was a two hour class and uh, once a week. And in the morning, the first hour we meet with coach Knight, the second hour, his assistant coaches would take us onto the floor at assembly hall hmm. and they would simulate a practice because many of the, the students in the class aspired to be um, coaches. Uh, and um, and it was a wonderful experience. And, you know, being a bit of a basketball fan, it was a bit of a dream come true for me as well.
1: Yeah, I'll say, what was the class? Something something akin to coaching 101?
3: Coaching it, coaching in basketball. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and that first hour was with Coach Knight, and he talked more about life lessons than basketball, candidly. And then, you know, the second half, the assistant coaches would take you through a simulated practice um so for those that aspire to be coaches it was great training and and like i said i i, I loved every minute of it and i made sure i was in class on time
1: well you and i value a, a good story and i appreciate you sharing a really good story to end this conversation he is brett Yormark, commissioner of the big 12. Uh, you will see him on saturday attending texas and oklahoma state at at and stadium 11 a.m kickoff uh, Brett, thank you as always for the time, man. Really appreciate it. I look forward to the next time, probably at Big 12 Media Days next summer.
3: Great. Will I see you this weekend?
1: I'm not going to be there this weekend, unfortunately, Brett, but uh, I'm bummed about that. But I've got some uh, some family things going on this weekend. But uh, I may try and make it up for the uh, the Big 12 Basketball Championships this year. If so, I'll uh, I'll give you guys a holler and see right. if we can get together. Right. Uh, For a a coffee or another chat like this.
3: Great. Trey, listen, always nice to see you. Enjoy your family this weekend. And I look forward to connecting soon.
0: Wow. Well, first and foremost, a tip of the cap to you, my friend. Thank you for a fantastic interview. And a lot of folks.
1: asking if the interview is unfiltered? yes, it was unfiltered Longhorn Bear, because if it wasn't unfiltered, I would have definitely edited myself and just how rambly I got on that first Texas Tech question.
0: Uh, I thought it was great, man. And a lot of our viewers and listeners echo that same sentiment. Uh, Well done to you. That was uh, an awesome conversation. Obviously, a big time get by you in the first place. But uh, yeah, great questions about the whole Red Raider Club incident and obviously questions about the future of the Big 12 and the future of college sports and uh, well done. And how about that, Bobby Knight, teaching a class at Indiana? Oh my God, I feel like you could have had a full hour conversation with your mark just about that.
1: I know. I wished. I wished I had asked that earlier because we probably spent like three minutes too many on figuring out NIL. Because look, I, I get it. He can't say too much. He doesn't want to be. He doesn't want to be on the record saying something that doesn't end up happening there. But I still had to bring up each and every issue. I wish I'd spent five more minutes on Bobby Knight and uh, what he learned in that class. And uh, anytime Bobby Knight would actually yell at a student for whatever it is that they were doing that pissed Bobby Knight off, which is usually not a lot. Didn't I already sta- lot to do that.
0: I already he stapled someone's nuts to uh, a desk one time because he <laughs> showed up 30 seconds late.
1: Uh, not, I wouldn't put that past Bobby Knight, especially in the mid to late 1980s.
0: I'm thinking, like, he threw that chair, obviously, on the court at Assembly Hall back in the day. You know, they used to have those chair-desk combos where the chair was literally attached to the attached to the desk. You think he ever picked one of those up and chunked it at a kid? I feel
1: like that's how he started every class.
0: <laughs> whoever showed up the latest, even if everybody was in there by 7.55 for the 8 a.m. class, whoever was the last person to walk in that door got some sort of physical punishment from Bobby Knight. Mm. Yeah. i will say this you know dj says i love him more bk i think talking about brett Yormark, and i've seen some folks say that ah, ah brett's maybe a better dude than i give him credit for uh, i actually like brett less after watching and listening to that interview you like okay he did you wrong he did you wrong how so i mean i thought you did a tremendous job asking those questions and it was a great conversation, and clearly you had done your research and prep work for that. But he called you buddy at one point. He oh. gave you the buddy treatment, man. Okay. I don't go backwards, buddy. That's not what I do.
1: I when think you I'm asked him, than... general buddy, he called me by my name a couple of times as well. He did. He did more often than not. He uh, he called
0: you Trey, but oh, that one hurt right there. I was worried he was going to say champ or sport. At least it was only buddy, but man. The
1: at least it wasn't chief or boss. If it was chief or boss, I would have shut the interview down right there. I would have had to treat it like Tim Brando. But Brett isn't uh, Brett, Brett isn't a dismissive like that. I, I know. Look, I get why Texas fans are pissed off at what he said in the preseason, but he he truly is a good natured dude. Yeah. Like even yeah. though it, it went against us in August, like. I'll say what I did last week. And I guess earlier this week as well, like we got to use that as motivation. It's part of the reason why we kicked the ever loving hell out of Texas tech and never really let our foot off the gas. And hopefully it's still motivation here in a couple of days at AT AT&T stadium too.
0: Yeah. I'll thank him if Texas wins this game on Saturday, because I think his preseason comments had uh, a lot to do with the motivation of this Longhorn football team throughout the course of this season. I did find it interesting, too, that uh, Yormark said he would advocate for Texas to make it to the college football playoff. And look, there's a clear and obvious path for Texas to get in. And if things go down the way that we want them to go down, I don't know if Yormark's going to have to need to advocate for anything, but that was good to hear that the conference commissioner, even though Texas is on its way out in football after Saturday, uh, is willing to go to bat for the Longhorns a little bit. And obviously the big thing, Oh, there are a few big things, big takeaways for me, but he said he was just having fun in Lubbock and he has no regrets on those comments. So I'm sure some Texas fans weren't happy to hear your mark make those comments, but uh, I figured your mark wouldn't backtrack or apologize. I, I figured that was going to be
1: his stance and, and it was. Yeah, I think if I could have followed up with one more question, it would be, all right, so you don't you don't regret anything. I don't fault you for that. Because I, I try to live my life like that, too. But would, would you handle that situation any different going forward? Because mm. there's always a lesson to be learned if you maybe make a misstep. But he insists that he didn't make a misstep, that he was just having fun in the moment. So yeah. take that for what you will, Longhorn fans. Thank you to everybody, by the way, on the uh, YouTube comments line for all the kind words that you're offering up right now. Really appreciate it. Uh, I do this selfishly because I want to have these conversations, but uh, I I do them also because I like bringing uh, good conversations to you folks as well.
0: Man, I've said it before and I'll say it again. You're the best interviewer that I've ever come across and the best interviewer I've ever heard. So uh, I say that to other people when I'm not looking at you directly in the face too. So great job. We will post that as a separate standalone video on the Texas sports unfiltered YouTube channel. So if you missed it or you want to watch it again, or if you want to share it to friends and family, number one, we'd appreciate it. Uh, and number two, you will have the opportunity. We'll uh, hopefully get that up at some point later today so you guys can uh, hear it back. All right. Any final thoughts on that before we get to our picks in today's edition of Where We At in Society?
1: Just a uh, an official thanks to Brett and then Bob Berta, and Clark Williams as well, all all, uh, in the Big 12 offices up in the DFW Metroplex for uh, for allowing that to happen, because they very easily could have said no, but... I've uh, established a decent rapport with him, and I think he felt like it was important to uh to to have a conversation about the Texas Tech comments too. So he did, and credit to him for that. And I appreciate them allowing me to be the person to uh, direct that conversation.
0: No doubt. Yeah, he's not going on some interview tour. He he gave one interview, and that was to you. So that's uh that's awesome stuff right there, my friend. All right, let's go recorded spot today from our friends at
2: Pest Wranglers. Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers. What are you doing? I'm making a silly commercial like other companies so people will remember our name. But we're not like other companies. Anyone could see that from our five-star reviews. But how will people remember Pest Wranglers? Well, once they try us, they'll never forget that we are the most effective, reliable, and affordable pest control company. I guess you're right. Pest Wranglers is the best at pest control, wildlife management, termite control. Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers. What are you doing? Hey, it couldn't hurt. Pest Wranglers, 512-670-7808, or find us on the web at pestwranglers.com.
0: Where are we at in society today?
1: That's right, it is your regular look at stories that show we as a people are headed in the wrong direction. Very occasionally, I will bring you a story that provides a sense of optimism. as us all saying to ourselves, hey, maybe we as a people are starting to figure something out. And today, BK, is neither of those things. I'm just going to have to save this headline for next week because you and I aren't doing a show tomorrow as you'll be in transit to Dallas. I'm going to be on with Zay from 12 to 2 tomorrow. But just know this. This story is coming you people's way next week. Rubber bands from homeless sex offenders braces used to link him to assault. Wow. I didn't even know they use rubber bands and braces anymore. I thought that was done in the 80s or early 90s.
0: Still a thing. I had to deal with them for a while. And I feel like I've still seen a couple of kids in more recent times rock the rubber band braces look. And it's a painful one. Like It actually hurts, causes physical pain, but uh,
1: aesthetically displeasing as well. Does it keep you from opening your mouth as much? Is that the point of the rubber bands? It keeps you from getting laid, I can tell you that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I yeah. think so. It, it like keeps your jaw together, your mouth together a little bit more. I don't know the exact reasoning behind that. I just knew it hurt and it looked bad. Mm. It was rough. All right. Well, that will be fun next week for sure. Uh, goodness. By the way, I'm really going to hate watching this where are we at in society today we lose on if we lose on saturday Mm. because that's that's obviously the last time we're going to play mike gundy in oklahoma state for the foreseeable future and that's my favorite press conference rant of all time and that's been a huge part of the radio shows that you and i have done together over the years oh yeah like i always get a kick out of that even though gundy's kind of owned texas in recent years right for the last six oklahoma state has beaten us uh, I, I've been okay with that and I can still go back and watch and listen to that rant anytime without being bothered. If we lose this weekend. It's going to sting every time I see that clip.
1: Yeah. Cause there's no, no, there's no retribution from there. Like they have to play in a bowl game at some point in the future for Texas to beat Oklahoma state one more time. And who knows if Mike Gundy will still be the coach then. Yeah. Well, thank you UT parking for letting us know that the bands adjust your bite. That makes sense. There you go.
0: All right. We're doing picks today for where we at in society and we've got eight so
1: i guess we'll go relatively quickly real quick do you remember when god i don't know why tom herman keeps coming up today you remember when tom herman like tried to fake fight mike gundy on the field at the end of what turned into a loss for texas where brecken hager lost his mind as well do you remember that
0: yeah god we might have to bring that back at some point and, and show that video
1: he has so many. God, Tom Herman has so many bad viral moments from his time as the head coach at Texas. The mocking Drew Timmy deal, the double birds, the sledgehammer, the headbutting his own helmeted players before a game against Baylor that they ultimately lost. Yeah, there, we could come up with the top five Tom Herman most embarrassing moments here in Austin. Mensa, more like meathead.
0: That's what Tom Herman was. And pizza, probably, that's what it is. Yeah, I like that. I like that. It sounds like a good pizza, though, honestly. Yeah, it
1: does. Mizza.
0: <laughs> I, I, I love that. All right. Eight picks, five college games, all five Power Five conference championships with the Cowboys, with the Texans. And we'll hit the biggest game in the NFL, the 49ers and the Eagles. We'll start with the uh, game tomorrow night in college, Dre. Oregon and Washington. Uh, to me, the winner of this game is in, and the loser is out of the college football playoff. Washington beat Oregon with a game-winning field goal early in the year, but Oregon is a a nine-and-a-half-point favorite in Vegas.
1: What say you? I think Oregon wins this game, but I think Washington keeps it closer than Vegas is getting credit for right now. It's probably a four-to-seven-point game, but the Ducks do win and find their way into the college football playoff. Wow. Surprised you're doing this because you've won a lot picking Oregon in these picks recently. But, but I see Washington getting slighted a little bit too much. Look, I understand that offense hasn't been the juggernaut that it was heading into that Oregon game. But I also think that there's a sense of pride that's going to kick in. And DeBoers is a really good coach, too. One of, the, one of the best, if not the best, up-and-coming coach in fo- college football. It's weird to say that. He's at Washington right now. Mm-hmm. But he is a guy that you are going to consistently hear going forward. As a a dude who may use that as a stepping stone to an even bigger opportunity in either the Big Ten where they're about to be, or maybe even the SEC before it's all said and done.
0: I'll steal your strategy and pick Oregon. I was going to go the opposite of you either way. So I'll take the Ducks minus nine and a half.
1: By the way, what am I up now right now? Uh, What am I up by right now? Seven?
0: Seven. Yeah. I was up by one, I think, three weeks ago, and now I'm down by seven. Oh, how the turntables have turned and how the bull has shat. I'm right.
1: sorry. I forget what I said, uh, who Who Tom Herman was uh, mocking, but it was definitely Drew Locke, who is uh, a Seattle Seahawk now. Yeah, I don't even remember what you heard. Texas and Oklahoma State. Longhorns, 15 and a half point
0: favorites now. I'll go first. I'm taking Texas. 48-17 is where I'm at right now.
1: I think this Texas football team is very locked in, and I think you see them... Handle their business like they know they need to to maximize their chances of making it to the college football playoffs. So, yeah, I have them winning by three or four touchdowns as well. All right. The SEC
0: championship, perhaps an important one for the Longhorns playoff chances. Georgia and Alabama, the Bulldogs, the number one team in the land. Six point favorites against the Crimson Tide,
1: Trey. A couple of weeks ago, we set a rule that you broke. One week, and then I broke the next week, and I'm not breaking that rule again, and perhaps my rooting interest is coming into play here as well, but I am not picking against the Georgia Bulldogs this week. Uh, Give me Georgia to win by, I don't know, 7-10. to
0: I don't like betting against Nick Saban, but I like betting against Georgia even less, so I'm with you. I think the Bulldogs win, and I think they cover. Big 10 championship. (laughs) If there's a game you have to miss on Saturday, miss this one. Michigan and Iowa the Wolverines, 21-and-a-half point favorites. You've got the hook to worry about. Uh, I just don't think Iowa's going to score, and I think Michigan's going to score more than 22. So give me the Wolverines to uh, win and win big.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm not betting for Iowa in this situation. Are you out of your freaking mind? Yeah, give me Michigan as well. ACC title game, this this one obviously matters for
0: Texas. We know who we'll be rooting for, but can Louisville cover two and a half? against the cinnamon rolls of fsu saturday night
1: going pure rooting interest here louisville
0: covers because they went outright. i'm trying to do something for us i keep missing games so i'm gonna pick florida state and hope that i miss this one you've
1: said it out loud though so now the opposite is gonna happen
0: that's all right everybody knows i did that with the rangers against the d bags and the rangers (laughs) still won so that's true we're going with that strategy uh, and I also don't think Texas is going to get lucky because why would we get lucky? We're never lucky. We're going to have our best year since nine. We should be in the playoff, and every other year we'd be in the playoff, and we're not going to make it because sports aren't fair sometimes. Well,
1: yeah. you know what? I also heard you say that about the Texas Rangers when they reached the World Series as you were picking the Arizona D-backs. So uh, hopefully your reverse psychology pans out once again. There you go. I like it. All right. NFL, uh, the game tonight. Cowboys
0: in action at AT AT&T Stadium. uh, I'll be on Saturday. Dallas, a nine-point home favorite against Seattle. No short week for either team. They both played on Turkey Day. This is me. Yes. I'm going to go with the Hawks to cover. Yeah, I think it could be a little overlooked because the Eagles come to town next week. Uh, Not the band, I don't think, but Philly. Uh, So Dallas wins. They keep their long home win streak alive. But uh, give me the Hawks to cover.
1: This game is in Seattle, too, you said?
0: No, yeah, it's in Arlington.
1: <sighs> hmm. Give me the Cowboys to cover the nine. I think Seattle... The record is not indicative of uh, what they are as a football team right now. They they are a banged up squad, especially on offense. So I think the Cowboys handle their business and then some by winning by double digits. All right. Two more to pick. Texans-Broncos, one of the more intriguing
0: games of the weekend. And no one thought this game would matter at all early in the year, but it, it does. Both teams fighting for a wild card spot in the AFC. Games in H-Town, Trey. Houston a three and a half
1: point home favorite. What you got? Oh gosh, I don't, I mean, this is a game that if I were a betting man, I would stay the hell away from this one because I don't have a good feel one way or the other, but uh, considering me creeping towards Texans fanhood right now, this has been a fun team to watch. So I want to uh, root for them to win. I don't want to have to root against them uh, this weekend. So I'll have the Texans covering that three and a half. I do too.
0: I do too. I think, uh, you know, Sean Payton talked some trash about the Texans in the off season mm. uh, and last year when he was an analyst, but also when he was, a potential coaching target for the Texans. Uh, I don't think the Texans have forgotten about that. So bulletin board material, Jared Hufford. That's what uh, Sean Payton is to the Texans right now. I'll go with the Texans at home. And then the biggest game of the weekend, one of the biggest games of the year in the NFL, the Niners are three-point road favorites in the city of brotherly shove. Um, Taking the Eagles to cover. Uh, I I never like to root for the Niners, but I am rooting for the Niners for a Cowboys perspective.
1: But uh, you're giving that team points in their home barn? Come on. Every week, it seems like now, we have a game where it's just a head-scratcher as to why a team is favored or a team isn't favored by more. And I feel like I've gotten to the point now where I am zagging, where I feel like I should be zigging in these situations. And I've picked up. Or I've gained games on you in the process. A great example of that last week was Buffalo Philly, which Eagles won by three. The line was three and a half, though. So that was absurd. Philly should have destroyed them in that game, but it was a weird one. So give me the 49ers to cover cover the three here. Wow. Uh, this may very well end up being a push when it's all said and done. I could certainly see that playing out, but uh Philly seems ripe for a loss, and San Francisco is as good a team as they'll face the rest of the way, Cowboys included. So I think San Francisco does have their number this weekend.
0: Bucky's calling me right now, but I guess we should be done, so I can't be too mad at him for for calling me at 102. Uh, All right, four different picks between us this week. You're up by seven, so I've got a chance to close the gap, or you've got a chance to push this thing to double digits, and I've got a chance to jump off a bridge.
1: We'll see. Please don't do that I will I will just uh, gear up for Texas OU next year Where you're going to be head to toe in Longhorns gear And you're going to be obnoxious as hell like you were at that WNBA game But rooting for Texas in the OU section Because we may be a, another bad week away from you from, from that being guaranteed And at that point we may need to reset and come up with different stakes I will not lose Okay
0: This week <laughs> Alright we're just about out of time we went over, time. It's time to bring on the fellas, Chip and Zay, as their Big 12 title game tailgate show continues. Gentlemen, what's going
2: on? What up? What's popping? I much? mean, it's going to be freaking bonkers here for uh, a couple hours. You know what I'm saying?
0: <laughs>
2: bonkers. That's saddle, a tease
0: right there. Battle up, kids. Oh, man. When, uh, when are you making the trek up by 35,
2: Chip? Tomorrow morning. Very good. Tomorrow morning, headed to Boomer Jacks, baby, in Arlington for the Come round on. table tailgate. Should be fun. I mean, the Texas Sports Unfiltered Nation showed up big time at the Red River Shootout tailgate. So that was a lot of fun. I'm expecting an overflow crowd at uh at Boomerjack. So everybody make your plans. The uh the address is uh five two two Lincoln Square.
0: There, <laughs> uh, I should have had that off the top of my head. I was like, oh shit, I'm just leaving him out to dry right now.
2: Five two two Lincoln Square in. Arlington,
0: it's right. I mean, it's five minutes away, right across the highway from AT and T. So if you're staying close to
1: Jerry World, it will be easy for you to get there. Ooh, I wonder if it's in the space where the old ba- Bobby Valentine's restaurant was. Oh, Bobby V. You remember that restaurant, Chip? Yeah, I never went there, but I uh, I heard they had some good lasagna or something. They, they definitely had a lasagna. We would go there before Rangers games at times. And I mean, it was, I think it was a lot of your standard bar fare plus lasagna. It was a good time, though.
2: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm down for some good lasagna. That's an underrated meal. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Very easy to cook. Right, well. Zay?
2: Is it? Is oh. it easy to cook? No,
0: it's the hardest shit in the world
1: to cook.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, you got to roll <laughs> it. if you just go to the grocery yeah.
1: store and get the Stouffer's lasagna.
2: Damn. Yeah, that still hits. That still
1: hits, but... I eat those before tennis
2: matches. A little half size. The little half size
1: Stouffer's lasagna. You're eating a lasagna before you're running around playing tennis? Oh, my well, two, God. Well, two hours before the match. Oh, okay. I was like, good Lord, I ate one of those Stouffer's lasagnas. I needed to take a nap afterwards. He just yeah. uh, shows up with a
0: Ziploc bag full of Stouffer's, and he just sticks his hand in there in between sets. Yeah, it looks like I'm puked on
1: myself. (laughs) Yeah, it did look a little pukey.
2: Gets my opponent all, you know, flustered. Mom's spaghetti.
3: Mom's spaghetti,
2: baby. Go Willie Beeman on
3: him. Jamie Foxx, any given
2: Sunday. There you go. You know, Eminem has a restaurant called Mom's Spaghetti. Yes. You been there, Detroit guy? I've not been there. Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to it. Might make it uh, when head up to Ann Arbor next year. Oh, that's right. Oh, uh, that yes. That would be my advice to anyone listening to the show who's thinking about going to the Michigan game next year. Stay in Detroit. Okay. Because, and not Ann Arbor. Right. You're gonna pay out the ass to get a hotel room in Ann Arbor. And Detroit is 40 minutes away. So
1: yeah, and in Detroit, you can get a home for like 50 bucks too. So you can buy some property. <laughs> exactly.
2: I took my man Sean Adams up there for the Michigan, Michigan State game in 2016. Yeah. And there were like empty buildings, and Sean's like, oh, wow, this is nice. And I'm like, hey, it's been, it's been hard. It's been hard up here. It's hard up here for a pimp, you know?
0: Uh, Well, I was going to go to that game, but this college football playoff committee has told me that non conference games don't mean shit. So I don't know if I should care
2: about Texas, Michigan next year. Well, (laughs) (laughs) Let's hope that this committee has been laying in the weeds and that they're going to come to their senses here after Saturday, Friday, and Saturday's games. Be nice. And kind of like 14, remember when TCU moved up to three and then beat the crap out of Iowa State like 55 to three and then fell to six because the committee was not going to put Baylor in? because they wouldn't play anyone in the non-conference. And now, look, you got freaking, you know, Michigan playing nobody. Georgia had to cancel its OU game, so they ended up playing nobody either in the non-conference. And we can't wait to put those teams in because they they are scorching on the eyeball test. Yeah. This committee telling you. Yep. All right. Well, hey, BK, appreciate you for getting us to Dallas,
3: man, because there are a lot of other media outlets that talk Texas sports that can't get there. Mm. They didn't go to the Red River Shootout for yeah. I don't know why, but if you're representing Texas, you should be up there. And hey. you got Texas sports unfiltered up there, along with other people behind the scenes. Appreciate you for representing us and everybody representing us going up there tomorrow and Saturday.
0: Well, well it all, all happens all happens because of y'all, but I appreciate that. But, look, if, if you don't pay uh, your rent, then you can't pay a car bill <laughs> or a phone bill to make calls to people to get up there. So we do those things around here, fellas.
3: Yeah, we pay that rent on time. On time. On time around here. Zay, okay. you should yeah. go back
1: to yesterday's tray and BK. BK mentioned that he uh, came home from the uh, the golf remote yesterday and his door was cracked open. And he's like, what the heck's going on here? I, I threw a comment out that is uh, esoteric in nature, but uh, I think you would get great appreciation out of it. Oh, I got to check it out. Appreciate it, man. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: All right, boys. Love you guys. I'll right, right,
1: be cool.